We've come to Ruth chapter 2. Um, we left Ruth and Naomi in quite a desperate place last week. They'd lived through the impact of famine, survived a move, coped with the death of sons and husbands. Um, quite a few changes that left Naomi railing against God. She believes in him but feels he has dealt bitterly with her. And she can't see any hope at the moment over the horizon. I'm sure we have all had times like this. So what we're going to think about as we go through um, just what I've prepared today is kind of what we know of Boaz. What do we see in Ruth? What do we see in Naomi and her response? Um, and what can we learn from this today? Obviously, what does this speak to us today? So we know they've settled in and they have to find some provisions for themselves for food. Now, as readers, we actually know more than Ruth does. So the writer tells us, Boaz, a relative of Elimelech, Naomi's long-deceased husband, lives here and is a man of wealth. We know that, but Ruth doesn't know that. And so this part of the story particularly speaks of a God of small details and perfect timing in everyday life. So what do we know of Boaz? Paul last week was telling us about names and how names are really important. And the name of Boaz is similar to Hebrew names with meanings of, in him is strength. Boaz is a pillar of the community, and his name is actually attached to one of the pillars of the temple. And he just so happens to be related, as we say, to Naomi's dead husband. He was a man of God. He greets his workers with a recognition of God at the beginning of the day. The Lord be with you, he says. How far does God seep into your everyday life that people could recognize that? You know, even the word, our English word, goodbye, actually comes from God be with you. Goodbye. God be with you. He also knows that Naomi was supported by Ruth. He knew about her loyalty. Information had been passed on, possibly through Naomi talking to other people and it getting through the Bethlehem grapevine. And Boaz provides for Ruth that day through food, protection and water. So Boaz, a godly man, a godly man who provides... What do we see of Ruth? Ruth is not afraid of hard work and initiates that she will go and harvest in a field to provide for her and Naomi. There was no social services in that day and age. Gleaning was provision for people in need who were resident aliens. And for some reason, although, as I say, we know that Boaz exists and Naomi would have known that, Ruth does not. Foreigners were not always welcome. And Moab and Israel had a history of conflict, but Israelite law was favorable towards strangers and the poor. So where was God? Ruth happens upon the field of Boaz to start her gleaning, and as luck would have it, it was the land belonging to him. It was an accident for Ruth, but not for God. God cares about the individual and oppressed. You might think about some of the things that happen to you in your life. Are they faith or luck? Are they coincidence or providence? Ruth may have been praying the words of Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers 
and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with the eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guide you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isn't it amazing that people for thousands of years will have said the words of that psalm? Uh, You know, that's something that would have been said by, you know, thousands and millions of people over time. And I just wanted to pull out, particularly that verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. So last year I had to go in and get my my gallbladder taken out uh, in an operation. I'd never been in hospital, never had an operation, was quite scared. Um, Was thinking I'm going to react to the anaesthetic and that's it, I'll be a goner. And and so I'm not good with medical things. And... um, and so I was praying lots about this operation, and uh, Ali Tyndale gave me this verse. She gave me, he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. And um, on the day of the operation, I went in with my bag, because they, they, they say, don't take anything in with you, apart from the very bare minimum. So all I had was a carrier bag <laughs> with um, kind of pajamas and a dressing gown. And uh, as I was, re- I was reading that verse, waiting for, for the, the kind of them to take me up, and as I took my dressing gown out of my bag, I found a feather. And, you know, again, this is where it's coincidence or not coincidence, in that I had used a feather duster that week in my house, but it was nowhere near the bag or my dressing gown. And yet a feather, just one feather, had found its way into that bag. And I only found it when I, when I took the, the feather out, when I took my dressing gown out. And that was just amazing. That just meant I had this real sense of calm and peace. Um, and everything went well. And I was out that day at 7 o'clock. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just amazing sort of that feeling of God providing for me in that situation. So God has provided refuge for you underneath his wings Wings in Israel are a sign of strength and protection. If you set your heart on God and his protection, you will receive it. Ruth left the refuge of her family to take refuge under God's wings. So she left her family to stay with Naomi, and actually she found refuge under God's wings. And this is the message of the gospel. Refuge is on offer to all. So when we think about uh, Ruth, by coincidence, coming across that field of Boaz, 
what do we think about this? There's a, uh, I was reading up and uh, somebody said there's this old adage. I've never read this before in my life, uh, but, uh, but some of you might recognize it, which is a coincidence is a miracle in which God prefers to remain anonymous. A coincidence is a miracle in which God prefers to remain anonymous. God does not speak from burning bushes in this book, nor does he divide the sea, but he acts through circumstance and through the faithfulness of ordinary human beings. So what happens when Ruth and Boaz meet? Ruth sees Ruth, uh, Boaz sees Ruth gleaning and asks about her. He asks about her, not who is she, but who does she belong to? And it would be expected that she would be known in that era as the wife of or the daughter of. The foreman answers, she is the one who comes from Moab with Naomi. So she's not called Marlon's widow or Naomi's daughter-in-law. And here we see the vulnerability of both being a woman and a foreigner in that land. Boaz responds by calling her my daughter showing a caring and protective attitude almost immediately. Ruth asks Boaz, why have you looked after me, a non-Israelite? Boaz recognises and knows that she put her mother-in-law before herself and enacts through his generosity the blessings of God that he calls down upon her. May the Lord reward you for your deeds and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. He offers her food at the mealtime and tells his workers um, to deliberately pull out some grains for her and drop them on purpose for her to glean, provides her with water and offers her protection. Naomi sees, so, sorry, so what does Naomi think about all of this? Naomi sees the amazing amount of barley that Ruth has gleaned, something like 30 pounds, and finds out that it is Boaz who helps Ruth. And it's only then that Naomi begins to move from despair to hope. She recognises in this turn of events uh, that the hand of, sorry, the hand of God, and she's quick to name God as the source of blessing. Blessed be Boaz by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. The tide is turning, hope is born, and it is an old widow who has perhaps seen her share of sorrow, who recognises the hand of God in these seemingly happenstance circumstances. Perhaps it has always been so, that, that those who have long experience of seeing God at work can recognise and name those times in our lives when miracles do happen. This was therefore a turning point for Naomi. Ruth remained for the seven weeks gleaning for food. And just to set yourself up for Ruth chapter three, we are told Boaz is the redeemer, the relative with legal responsibility to destitute family members. And we are left wondering how he will take up this responsibility. More in chapter three. So God promises through this to provide what we need. The same God who provides food for the animals will not allow us to go without. And we see this in scripture, don't we? Jesus was preaching and there was a crowd and he multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish and fed 5,000. 
When Adam and Eve sinned and their eyes were open to their nakedness, God provides clothes for them. Even when we mess up, God still provides. And the name Jehovah Jireh is first seen in Genesis 22, chapter 22, where God provides a ram in the thicket in place of the sacrifice of Abraham's son. And Abraham calls that name, calls the place name Jehovah Jireh. And to that day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. So in terms of action now, one of the kind of key questions I thought was, what does gleaning look like in this day and age? What is the the provision that we can make for those that are struggling at the moment? What does that look like with providing basics of food um, for those that are destitute or homeless? You know, perhaps that's something to think about and discuss and debate over lunch. (laughs) You know, whether that looks like food banks or family support or businesses with a social action arm. I have a feeling that 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 kind of activity is going to be more and more needed over the next few years as the toll of bills, as we know, is going up. And earlier on, we were talking about those testimonies of provision. But here are a couple I heard recently, just thinking about this topic over the last couple of weeks. And again, it was lovely to be reminded of God's provision to us through those conversations earlier on. So a friend uh, we were talking about, I can't remember how it started, but um, we were talking with some friends and a friend told me he'd really struggled a few years ago. And the church at the time gave him a financial gift. And for him, that was essential at that point to get through. My guess is now he also provides for others just as somebody did for him at that point. And another story, a friend at college who's a a minister in Wales does a lot of funerals. He said he'd done 30 funerals since January. Um, And the money he's paid for that, he actually doesn't keep and he he gives that often to the charity that the person who has died um, has kind of put their name towards. And I just thought, what an amazing witness and testimony, that kind of hidden generosity that most people would never see. So, you know, as we think and pray, perhaps, as to what God is saying to us today, let's be thankful for all the provisions that God does give to us. Let's think about how we share those kind of, um, uh, that experience of who God is in our lives, that kind of the Lord be with you. What does that look for uh, look like for us in these days? And, you know, just that bit about food banks, about provision, about gleaning for those that are destitute or struggling, which could be any of us at any point. You know, it's, it's not out there. It could be in here as well. You know, all of us, um, you know, things can happen. Our circumstances can change and we may be really struggling. What does that look like? How can we help those that are in need? But I want to, as I say, leave you with Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. You know, let's hold on to that promise today. Lord, I thank you that you do promise to provide for us, to provide for our needs, not necessarily our wants. And Lord, I thank you that you provided for Ruth and Naomi. I thank you for Boaz, that godly man who provided in that way. And I thank you for that coincidence or miracle that Ruth was gleaning in the field that you provided. I thank you that you lead us to certain pathways or certain places Um, because you are guiding and leading us in our everyday. Lord, I pray that you would just bless the words that I've said. You would speak through them. 
and that it would change something about the way that we do or think or um, uh, live out in our life this week. Lord, we pray that you would lead us by your spirit. Amen.